I want to talk to you about creating the future. I want to talk to you, uh, Pastor Evan was mentioning uh, about how powerful what Jesus did was. God is a creator, and he made you in his image and in his likeness. What does that mean? It's in, it's, of course, it's in Genesis. He made, you, he made man in his image and his likeness. What does it mean? Image means you kind of look like him. Like of all the creatures that are in the earth, you know, dogs, cats, elephants, they have a certain image, but you have the image of God stamped on you. You, you have a couple of eyes, most of you, <laughs> and you have legs and you stand up. This is how, this is how God looks. The Bible says when you've seen Jesus, he said, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So there's a certain likeness, there's an image that you have. Likeness is different. Likeness means that you're not only, not only look like him, you're like him. You know, like, you ever see someone like, man, you remind me of my cousin, man. You know, or, you remind me of Pastor Bray. You don't have any hair. I, I like that. <laughs> I saw somebody, Chris Perricone, was saying, should I cut off all my hair? I was like, don't make me mad. <laughs> oh, you got a full head of hair. You wonder if you should cut it off. I don't even want to talk about it. Shame on you. That's like one of those supermodels wanting to lose weight. Like, oh, really? Oh, you want to lose weight? <laughs> right. Please, don't bother us with that. But God, he, here's how he's like. He takes something that's nothing and makes something out of it. He takes nothing. That's how God is. That's what he's like. He makes things. And uh, many of us, we see God like Mardi Gras. Well, the throw me something, Mr. God. Like, throw me something, Mr. You know, throw me something, Mr. Like, they think prayer is God, you know, God is just, you know, help me, help me, help me. You know, they think that this is what God wants is for us to just, you know, ask hard. You know, asking is wonderful, but God is more interested in making you a descendant than a dependent. We know dependence, you know, it's, having mercy and being good to people is one thing, but it's much better to teach a man how to fish than to give him fish forever. And God is not about to do that with his children, keep giving you fish where you need a miracle all the time. God wants to teach you how to walk in the supernatural. He wants to teach you to be like him, to be creative, to be able to create. That's what faith is. It's the, be able, it's the ability to cre create something out of nothing. And you, he made you that way. He created you that way. So when we become like him, when we realize who we are, then we want to create things. Now, God wants to create great things in your life, but he needs a partner. You say, why doesn't God just do it? Well, that's not the covenant. The covenant of the New Testament uh, is if you bring faith, I'll bring power. That's the deal. God made a deal. Old Testament, you keep the law and you'll be righteous and I will be, uh, I'll bless your life. That was the Old Testament. But the New Testament, Jesus came and brought the new deal, the New Testament, the new covenant is this. Here's, here's how I'm going to work. You bring faith, I bring power. Now, potentially everybody in the world is going to heaven because Jesus went to the cross and paid the price. Does that mean everybody's going? Nope. Does that mean God wants everybody to go? Yes. But it really, your life, how it ends up, has to do with how creative you become. You have to believe what Jesus did on the cross. You have to enter into this world of faith. And then from then on, everything is about faith. Everything that comes to your finances, your health, your marriage, your children, God says, okay, now let's create together. 
So God is not looking for a passive, you know, um, dependent. Someone with a victim mentality. The world is tearing me down. Lord, have mercy on brother. God's not interested in that. God doesn't even hear prayers that are whinings. He listens to prayers about what you believe about the future. God's not interested in your past. He's not even that interested in where you are right now. He's interested in where you're going to be. He is the God of faith. He's looking at what you're going to become. He's living not in the past or in the struggle of the present. He's living, living in the future and saying, I know what you're going to be. I'm not giving up on you. You don't give up on you. I'm going to do something awesome inside of you. You didn't even dream it yet, but you get with me. We're going to dream it, and we're going to see it happen. Oh, no, no. God calls those things that are not as though they are. That's what it says in Romans, uh, the fourth chapter. It says, God who raises the dead. And calls those things that are not as though they are. Any fool can call it the way it is. Anybody can say, I got dead, I got problems, my husband's a, you know, a problem. <laughs> my kids. Anybody can be overwhelmed because most people are. It doesn't take talent. You know, everybody's living. You don't have to do anything to live that way. But to be like the one who made you, you have to come up with what is that solution. How do we change it? And see, God says, now you're talking my language. How do we have nothing and end up with something? Now, so all of you, you may not feel like you're super spiritual. You might not feel like you, you know all the Bible, but it's not necessary. You just have to understand this. It's good. You should know all the Bible. But don't disqualify yourself because you like football and cars. And I like football and cars too. It's just not my whole life. But, you know, you, you might not see yourself as spiritual, but God is going to move in your family based on what you believe. I love that scripture. Jesus said, according to your faith, be it unto you. Some people don't even know what their faith is. They, they're, they're developing everything in their life, but they're not developing the things that change things. So we're going to begin. Are you with me? We're going to begin. It, it all begins here. It all begins. And really, I'm so excited. You know, some of you speaking of something from nothing. Uh, three years ago, we started in Baton Rouge with nothing, Diane and I. You know, sometimes you got to find out, you know, if all that stuff you talked about, you got to find if it's real. You know, and I, and I saw it started in Baton Rouge. It, it, I'm with a, no microphone, no platform. There are no chairs. There's no building e even. There's just me in an apartment and Diane. And we had a couple of people that we knew and friends and some people that had moved from here, there. But it, pretty much it was just... You had to find out if all this that you say you believe actually works in the real world. And I got a good report because it actually does. That people did get saved. God did change their life. They are becoming a, a little army over there. And that's where Pastor Leah is this morning, preaching that little army over there. And uh, it was something from nothing. And then their friends and their neighbors and all these people are getting saved and getting connected. And all these marriages are changing. It's like, what happened? That's how God does he starts with something and nothing and makes it something. And so it's great that I can be here at, at the home church a lot more because that thing is moving now. It's growing. It's a blessing. And uh, it wasn't an easy thing. And everything in your life doesn't have to be easy. But you have to do this God's way so you can have God's results. Tell somebody, if you want to work with God, you have to work like God. Come on, say it. If you want to work with God, you got to work like God. See, God's not working like you. you got to start working like him. 
you got to get on his page. He's not getting on your page. He understands you, but he has this idea that this is the way I'm going to teach you to be like me. I'm going to teach you to bring heaven to earth, like Pastor Evan said. Let's go to the very first verse of the Bible, and let's begin. In the beginning. So every, many of you are just beginning this walk, beginning this uh, creative process. In the beginning, God created. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, let this next few minutes, let it be life-changing. Let it be transformative. Let our minds come alive. Let our hearts open up. Lord, let the light come on so that we understand that you have great plans for us. But we must enter in by faith and bring that to earth. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Amen. So I want to teach you something simple because everything that's great is simple. Jesus didn't take complex things and make them more complex. Jesus took something complex and made it accessible so that you can get it. So I don't want to make this hard for you. I want you to have to understand that you're about to enter into a great journey seeing God move in your life. Not throw me something, mister, but how to begin to create with God something awesome. And I'm going to teach you what I call the PIC, P-I-C. Say it with me, PIC. And this is one of the most important things in my secret life is this, these three letters, PIC. It's like a picture. Think of it, P-I-C, P-I-C. Here we have God creating and he's showing us, here's how you do it. This is how you do it. Now you see God, at the beginning, he creates. In the beginning, God creates. Notice that he creates before he creates. In the beginning, God created. Then the rest of the next three chapters are all God creating. Like I thought he created in the beginning. God creates before he creates. In other words, God calls the end from the beginning. God already tells you how it's going to be because that's the way he decided it was going to be in the beginning. And then he goes to work to make it happen. Now, some of you are saying that in your heart, you're saying miracles create faith, and they don't. Faith creates miracles. Some of you are saying, if I see it, then I'll believe it. No, you won't. No, you won't. You could see somebody jump out of a wheelchair right now and say, well, that was awesome. It's not going to make people believe. Those same people that saw Jesus pulling people out of wheelchairs, they were saying crucify him three days later because it really didn't change their ability to reach out and believe God for something great. They were like, oh, that was awesome. I wonder if he was really sick. You know, they just got all mental and two or three days later, like, I don't know, it was a miracle, but I'm confused. That's how people are. You need to understand that if you don't need to see something in order to believe something. You have to believe it, and then you get to see it. Believing is seeing, not seeing is believing. And that's how God begins to work. At the beginning, he creates. And this, this is how many people, they don't even get in the game because they're focused on the problem. 
They're focused on the problem with their marriage, with their finances. They're focused on a problem in their own personal life, their addiction or their struggle or their confusion or their depression. They're just occupied. And even when they come to, to Christ, sometimes they're still like, you know, occupied. They're not interested in anything other than, you know, their momentary crisis. They don't get outside and say, what's coming to my life? See, faith requires, you know, I, I'm a motorcycle rider, and I like to ride motorcycles. I don't have one right now, but I'm creating one this morning. <laughs> My wife always gets involved in that creative process. I start creating a motorcycle, and she starts, like, in faith, battling me. <laughs> anyway, you know, they, they, they say, you know, if you, when you start learning to, to drive a motorcycle, the first thing you come to that's difficult is a curve. And your instinct is to try to make your arms turn that way. And they won't. They froze. You're like, ah. I remember Pastor Eddie, I sold him my motorcycle, and he didn't understand this simple principle. And he went straight up his driveway right through the ditch in front of his house. He didn't even make the first curve. And then he sold the motorcycle like, you know what? It's not as cool as it looked. Because he didn't make that first turn. So when, you, when you're driving a motorcycle, you need to understand that the first thing, the motorcycle is not going to go where you turn it. It's going to go where you look. That's like your life. So you don't look into the curve. You look through the curve. So if, I, if the curve is going this way, I look there. I don't look there. If I look there, I'm going off the curve like Brother Eddie did. But if I just look over here, the motorcycle will just go. Many of you have done this with a bicycle where you're driving between two cars and you didn't want to hit that car and you started staring at it and the very thing like, no, 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 and you couldn't help yourself. You kept hitting the car like, I didn't even want to. I kept telling myself that. You're going to hit what you focus on. If you focus on your problem, you're just going to be a problem. You focus on your weakness, you're just going to be weak. If you focus on your issues, your whole life is an issue. You've got to focus on the solution. God is not listening about the problem. God wants to hear about the solution. Faith is about tell me what's on the other side of this curve. Don't look at the curve. Look through the curve. See, that's how we change things because circumstances shut us down. They freak us out. We choke. Because we don't think we think we're not going to have enough money, or we think our husband's going to leave us, or we think that you know we're going to be sick, or we we get these fears and they choke us, and then we're just focused on being secure. You know, insurance is ridiculous. How expensive is insurance? You know, everybody's buying health insurance that they can't even use. Like, I'm buying it, but I can't use it. Like, what do you mean you can't use it? Well, if I use it, they're going to charge me more, so I'll just pay the $800. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Like, I ain't going to, I'll just pay out of my pocket and pay the insurance. It's crazy, and it's all built on one thing. You're scared. And the more you're scared you are, they say, how much are you willing to pay because you're so dang scared? And you're like, I'll pay any because it could ruin you. It's all about, but they're, they're not selling you anything. They're selling you security. It's the most, it's the, it was one of the only multi-trillion dollar businesses in the world that sells you nothing. Have you ever, come on somebody. They're interested people in the room. Like Randy's like, Pastor Bray, not this again. <laughs> I know you got to have insurance. 
sometimes. But it's, it, can be, it can be like it's an obsession with security that people have. And that's why they can charge you whatever they want to charge you. Because some people would just say, look, give you the whole check, like take the whole check. As long as I feel like I'm secure. And the truth is, have you ever noticed that when you owe them money, they're on you like within one day? Have you noticed when they owe you money, they ain't in a hurry to pay it. They're like, oh, we'll get with, we'll get with you on Friday. Or next Friday, whenever. Uh, we have a pro- Hello, let's take in their time, two or three months. Like, we're the insurance company. We sell fear. And we got you. That's a fact. What's the product? And what if they don't take care of you? They just say, you know what, we decided. I had insurance on my tires recently on my car, and they call it hazard insurance. I ran over a pair of scissors. I had a flat tire, and I thought this is a brand-new tire. It has great news. I've got hazard on it. And I I studied, and I found out, you know, I'm going to get $100 back on this tire. Like, man, I'm coming out good on this deal. So the person told me, hey, look, just, just take a couple pictures and send us really easy or just give us the number of the uh, tire place and we'll take care of it. I was like, okay, took the picture, pop, pop, kept the tires for three days, four days, and they forgot eventually that, oh, there was some small print that if you didn't take a particular picture, they, sorry, dude, can't pay. I was like, Seriously? You know, and, and that's, that's the way it is with the world. They're always promising big and coming up small. Your best security is to step into the world of faith and call heaven into your life. Say, say it with me. Say, your kingdom come, your will be done. Are you with me? I didn't mean to get off on the insurance, but it is weird. Everybody say pick. Pick. The P is for Prepare. Prepare. The I is for incubate, and the C is for communicate. Okay? Communication. Preparation, say it with me. Preparation, incubation, communication. When God creates, he does, he does three things very well. He prepares very well. Now, what does preparation mean? Preparation means this. What do you want? What do you want? Don't tell me what you have. Don't even tell me what you don't have. Not interested. What do you want? And some people say, God. You see, some people, they try to be all spiritual, but they're not. They try to make it sound spiritual. Like, uh, whatever thy wilt, whatever thy wilt is to want. Like, dude, stop trying to sound spiritual when you're lazy. What does it say in Mark 11? Whatsoever things you desire. When you pray, believe that you have them and you have what you ask for. Jesus didn't say, Lord, whatever, whatever you want. I'm so holy. And some people, they get off into it. And it's like, you know what? It would be wrong for me to pray because God already knows what is everything about everything and everything. So that person never even prays because they're so spiritual. It would be wrong for me to dare approach God. He knows the future. I know nothing. I'm a zero. That's all religion. That's just bull. God said, I want you to work with me. To get you to work with me, i got to get you to dream a little bit. I want you in the game. Here's a clue. If you don't care about it, God doesn't care about it. If it doesn't move you, it's not going to move God. If you don't care, (laughs) then you can't make God care. God cares. But God's not moving, he only moves by faith. And when you don't know what you want, 
You can't even get something from Wendy's when you don't know what you want. Much less from heaven. Just try it. Do a, do a faith experiment. When you leave here, go and drive through Wendy's and do like you do in church. Can I help you, sir? Or it's more like this. Can I help you, sir? You always wonder if they can hear you, no matter what. You know. What'd you say? There you go. I'm just going to start talking because I can't hear you. I can't understand what you're saying. I'm just going to hope that you get it. Now they have those screens you know, that tells you if they got it right or not. And then you go there and say, listen. They say, they say what do you want? Uh, you think, uh, sir, it's far beyond me to know what I want. Only God knows what I really want. They're like, excuse me, sir, you sound crazy. What did you just say? What do you want? Well, I'm not sure. I just give me some food, you know. I'm just so holy. I don't how, how would I dare even utter a, a noise of what I want? I just fell off the thing. <laughs> I kind of meant to do it, but kind of didn't. <laughs> it was powerful. It was a moment. <laughs> but, you know, you, you could get all spiritual, but you can't get in the game till you know what you want. Jesus was going through Jerusalem, and he would, there was a big crowd everywhere, and suddenly this guy that was blind and broke on the side of the road, he's even called Blind Bartimaeus. When your name is Blind Bartimaeus, you know you got a problem. And so he starts crying, son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stops and hold up, hold up, hold up. So he walks over to this guy. He's, you know, blind. He's begging. He's broke. And I love the, the question that Jesus asked him. What do you want? Duh. <laughs> what do I want? Uh, hello. I'm blind. And I'm busted. The cop get it. The whole deal? And he said, no, what are you? I want you to tell me what you want. He said, Lord, that I might receive my sight. He said, according to your faith, be it unto you. Bam, he was seeing. Now, what is the point of the story, that Jesus can do it? No, that Jesus moves when you know what you want. Don't assume, well, God knows everything, and he's just so awesome. He knows it. How be it, far be it for me to ever even say, stop being so daggum religious. You can't get God to move because he feels so sorry for you. God is not working based on feeling sorry. He is not a human being. He's God. you got to become like him. You're not going to get him to become like you. He's not going to move with pity. He's going to move based on what it is that you believe. He has a covenant, and he said, you got to bring the terms of this covenant. Covenant, tell me what you want. See, it begins by, see, if, you, if God can't get you emotionally in the game, we're not going to have a game. That's why people don't pray. They don't, they don't want anything. And then if they wanted it, they don't, they don't believe they can get it. But Jesus said, if you want it, if you believe it, I'll give it to you. Which means I want you highly motivated when you pray. I want you to know that you're about to move heaven. There's nothing that's impossible for you. So uh, we'll, I'll try to come back next week and I'll talk about how to find out what you want. There are five areas that you're passionate about that you might not be recognizing. I wanted you, I'll give you a one through five so that you can say, you know what, these are the things I want. Religion blinds you to the obvious. You want to be healthy. 
You want a great marriage. You want healthy children, don't you? Huh? Oh, now we're talking your language. You want a great ministry. You want great finances. Well, guess what? That's what God wants. Let's, let's hook this thing up. Let's get this thing going. And let me just, I, I, I don't have a lot of time today. So, um, but I was so happy that we, we had that time in worship. It's just beautiful. I want you to begin, uh, I gave you the three things and we'll, we'll start working through those things because this is not a one message deal. This is something that's got to change your life. And what I'm going to teach you will change your life. I mean, you're going to be like a different person soon. Because you're going you're gonna to see everything different because your mind is going to open up and be renewed. And you're going to start with something simple like, okay, what do you want, man? What kind, of, what kind of health do you want? What kind of marriage do you want? What kind of, what do you want God to do in your children's lives? What kind of ministry do you believe God for? What kind of job and finances? What are those things? God is about to move. The Bible says the Spirit of God was moving upon the face of the waters. He was moving on what? He was moving on what? The Bible says the earth was without form and void. What does that mean? It was a mess. Like your life, some of you. Like your marriage, like your kids, like your business, like your finances. It doesn't matter where you start. It only matters where you're going. Not to God. It might matter to you, but none of this scares God. None of it. He can take the biggest mess and turn it into the greatest victory. Don't matter where you start. When you're looking, when you're hovering over that thing, start hovering over it with the Holy Spirit. Instead of hovering over it, fearing and worrying and panicking and, and uh, forget about that. Begin to, God knew what he wanted. He, in the beginning, he prepared. And once he prepared, he said, what do we got to work with? And the, the, the voice came back from an angel and the angel said, it's a mess down here. He said, no problem. He began to impose what he saw over what is. See, what you have that you're concerned about is just potential. Your marriage, a potential miracle. You say, but it's so bad. Well, you know what? Lazarus was four days dead and stinking. God said, now that's a situation I like to work with. Because that's way, that way everybody knows it had to be God. You might have one of those situations. That if God doesn't move, nothing's, that's okay. I mean, some people without form and void, it's, it's the report from the doctor that said you've got cancer and that there's no hope and you're in stage four and you're hovering over that. You can either freak out and get scared about what he said or you can get with the Holy Spirit and say, what are we going to do about this? You know what that means? The word, that he, it says he... Uh, he was incubating. He was brooding. The Holy Spirit was brooding. You know what a, what a chicken does? There's, there's potential chickens, and he broods over those potential chickens until the temperature and the time is just right, and life comes from those potential chickens. That's what the Holy Spirit was doing. He was like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about your marriage. Don't worry about those kids. We're going to do something about that, you and me. God is looking for a partner. A covenant takes two people. He said, look, come on, come on, man, let's dream. You know, God, you are, you're a natural dreamer. God made you a dreamer. And God's going to make you, uh, cause you to become a, a great spiritual man. 
because you're a guy who takes control and tries to do it and you work hard and, and you're a gifted person but God's going to take you to another level now because there's something God's going to do in your life that's going to be awesome because you were faithful and you didn't quit you didn't follow old patterns you followed a new pattern even when you didn't understand you did it and the Lord's going to take you to another place and uh, you've accepted some things you don't have to accept because you said well you know either way I got to win I got to I got to overcome it either way and you just had to say, well, I have to deal with that. And God said, I'm going to show you how to deal with it. It's not going to stress you and your family out. You're going to go to the next level. And I'm taking the lid off of your life. It's going to be awesome. You don't have to feel like you have to become spiritual or talk spiritual or any of that stuff. I'm going to, I'm going to give to you keys. And you're going to unlock the door. You know how crazy it is to get through a door when you don't have the key? It's frustrating. When someone gives you the key. And some of those doors have a code on it. And you can punch it. It's just frustrating. God said, I'm going to give you the code. Boop. Well, it was almost impossible. The Lord said, I'm going to make it easy for you. And you. You're going to get out of that world of stress and contradiction, and you're going to get to the world of confirmation, where God starts confirming his word with signs and wonders following. You're about to enter into the world of the supernatural. To him who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. You're about to come up here, like God says. You're about to get out of that worrying about what's without form and void. And you're going to say, nothing is too hard for God. And you're going to begin to dream a dream. And God's dream, you're going to begin to see it superimposed on that mess. And then God is going to give you a word. And you're going to begin to call those things that are not as though they are. And pow, things are about to happen in your life. And here's my point as we're closing. My point is this, today before we leave, I want you to let go of all that fear. I want you to just let go of that panic and you've been carrying stress with you. And God is tired of you being treated that way. You just need to get tired of it. You cannot work yourself out of situations. Everybody's trying, some people, very few do. God wants you to faith your way out. God wants you to partner with him. He's going to take the impossible and make it simple. And today, even now, some of you, you don't have to learn a lot. Some of you right now are coming into faith like that's right. Some of those old dreams are coming alive. Some of those promises that God told you, some that's, it's been dead for years, but it's coming back alive. Like, wait a second, maybe it could happen. You've been way too logical lately. You've been way too afraid. And God's about to bring you up here. You're going to be seated in heavenly places with Christ and the enemy is going to be your footstool. This is your place. To be seated with Christ, not stressed out and not worried. But in this place where you're looking down and you're treaded on serpents and scorpions and all the power of the enemy. And here I'm going to tell you one more time. Whatever you're facing, it ain't that bad. It's not bigger than God. He spoke and created the world. He can speak and create anything in your life. You say, well, what does he want to? He wants to. But it's not up to him. It's according to what you believe. What do you believe? He needs a partner. He needs a partner in that marriage. He needs a partner in that healing. And all you're going to have to do is just receive. There's an anointing of faith in this place. Would you stand to your feet as we're closing? I want you right now with your hands lifted. Your best friends, or many of you, have been your fears. They've been your comfort. They've been your... Uh, companion they've been your teacher 
they've made the decisions for you. And you're about to renounce those old false lying teachers that have been telling you how to live and what to do and how to think, how to process life. I'm here to declare that a new season is coming in your life. It is not the season of contradiction. It is the season of confirmation. God is about to confirm his word with signs and wonders following. Jen, the Lord said, I would take this terrible situation that was a contradiction to you and to your family, and it will be a sign and a wonder. For my hand is coming upon your children and on your sons and daughters. They will be a sign and a wonder. And what things that you didn't understand, the Lord said, will suddenly come into focus. And you'll say, now I understand why I passed through that difficult time. Come on, lift your hand. Every fear, don't be afraid. Every fear is leaving your life. No fear of sickness. No fear of death. No fear of poverty. No fear of the devil. You are born to conquer, like Pastor Evan was saying. You have a crown on your head that was purchased by the blood of Jesus. You are born to rule and to reign with Jesus. You are not to be an undergoer. You are born to be an overcomer. This is your destiny. This is what God prophesied and declared over your life. You're going to conquer. You're going to conquer. You are not a victim. You're a victor. God calls you to walk on the high places. God calls you to walk with Him. Things that you've been struggling with, with ye for years are just going to disappear. Things that you thought were the biggest thing in your life they're going to disappear in a moment because you're about to step into something new now with your hands lifted say I renounce every fear I renounce every doubt and I declare by the spirit of God I evict you from my life fear contradiction doubt get out of my life right now I'm not in the season to listen to liars. I'm in the season to agree with God's promise. Fear leaves my life. The control of a teacher called fear who based his teachings on my past and my experiences, that teacher leaves my life. I received a new teacher, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of life, the Word of God. I call those things that are not as though they are. I step into the realm of the supernatural. I was born for this moment in history. I was born to bring heaven to earth. I was born to say your kingdom come your will be done. I step out of the natural into soup into the supernatural and I make a quality decision. My past is over. I walk away from every disappointment from every contradiction, those words are silenced, and I receive the word of life. This is my moment. This is my time. Come on with your hands lifted. 
I just want you to say it because I just want you to declare it. Some of you right now, you came with a sickness, and right now, right where you are, just receive a healing. Don't make it difficult. Receive healing. It doesn't matter what the doctor said it was. Receive a healing right now. Just say, I receive it. Right now. The, the atmosphere is changing. I receive it. Strengthen. 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 Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Just receive. Just receive. Now with your hands lifted, say, I receive the dreams of God in my life. I have health and healing by the blood. I have the blessing of romance and faithfulness in my marriage. My children are blessed with the blessing of the Lord. My children rise up and they call him holy. They're healthy, they're strong, and they finish their purpose. I declare that my children are under the protection of the blood of Jesus. And every one of them reaches their purpose. I declare that my ministry is expanding and enlarging that my testimony is touching the lives of thousands of people and nothing will stop me because you are with me come on let's just declare I declare over my work and over my finances that the thief has been caught stealing and now he must return seven times what he stole I'm getting ready to receive back all that was stolen from me all the favor all the finances all the things that were stolen from my life I declare the blessing returns come on lift your hands say I receive it that season begins now it begins now in Jesus name Father, in Jesus' name, seal with the Holy Spirit this time. Let this be the beginning of great things. Let it be a revolution. Let it be a revival. Let it be a season of the glory of God. We step into it. We declare the atmosphere is changing. And, Lord, we move into it with you in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, come on, give the Lord a shout, everybody. Yay. Well, have somebody on your way out. God bless you.